Well, good morning, Faith Fellowship. We're getting the PowerPoint going on and pulling up, and that's okay because um, before I get started, I want to pray and just ask for God's Spirit to help me discern what He's shown me. So uh, I know we did pray, but just uh, let's pray one more time and uh, we'll get into it. Dear, dear God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for uh, how it renews our mind. Um, I pray that you would help me set aside uh, my nerves and that your spirit would speak through me this morning. And um, I thank you for your son. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I know a lot of you guys have probably seen me around church and recognize my hair, <laughs> my face. Um, and I've maybe you've seen me in Kid Town as well, because uh, Rachel and I are in Kid Town. But um, I wanted to kind of give you a little bit of background about me before I got into the message this morning, just because um, maybe I haven't had a chance to meet you. Maybe I haven't had a chance to get to know you personally. So a little bit about me is that um, you know, I grew up the oldest of three, and my mom was as at a young a young age taught me about God and understanding who God is and how to trust God and so I knew that and I was also a part of a family that we were going to go to church every Sunday and if I visited my granny my grandma she was also uh, one of those you're going to go to church uh, families um, if you don't have clothes we'll make you some clothes um, you're not going to stay home <laughs> and so um, so I was brought to church and so about the age of 12, I started to really listen and pay attention to what the pastor was saying. And I remember one Sunday I came home and I asked my mom, I said, hey, mom, um, what's the cutoff age for innocence? <laughs> and she laughed and she said, um, yeah, if you're having those kind of questions, we probably should sit down and talk about it. So, so I got saved at the age of 12. and um, you know, praise God, I was, I understood what it meant. And so I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And so then I continued to, we moved around a lot. My dad was um, an aircraft mechanic for in the military. So we moved around and everywhere we would move, we would get plugged into a new church and start going to church. And so then we'd move again and, uh, and I would have to meet, make new friends and uh, find a new church. And so then fast forward to you know, I went to college and I kind of went my own way for a little bit. Um, and man, God is gracious. But, um, you know, I came to the end of myself. I came to, you know, basically what that led to was uh, brokenness, pain. And, uh, you know, me seeing clearly that I wasn't, didn't have a future in that. And um, so I got down on my knees and I prayed and asked God to forgive me. And, um, and that I needed him to rescue me from, you know, that's that situation that I was in. And man, God is faithful. God is so good, isn't he? So in 2009, I rededicated my life to Christ and began to consistently go to church, uh, which was KCBT at the time, and start to grow and, and learn. And so then I met my beautiful wife, who's here this morning. Um, and I, uh, and now we have a business, we have two beautiful kids, we have, um, 
you know, these things that basically that could not have ever happened without, without God, you know, coming into my life. So that's kind of what has led me here today is that, you know, I had rededicated my life to Christ and now I'm here at Midtown and I'm plugged in, like I said, um, in Kidtown. Um, so I'm serving. And so that has led me to here this morning. So that's just a real brief background on how I got here. Okay, so now we're going to be in a Zoom. I have to say this. I apologize that. Um, have you guys got that? Yes. Okay. So now you can see the. I don't have to apologize. No, I'm just joking. Um, so here's the PowerPoint. So you guys can follow along with what I'm uh, going through. So we're going to be in Colossians chapter three. If you want to be turning in your Bibles. And I have to give a little context on what's going on in, Col in, this, in this book of the Bible. So Paul's writing to the church of Colossae. Um, he didn't start this church. Uh, it was started by a man named Epaphras. And so Paul is writing to do a couple things. Um, he's, he's writing to encourage them um, in their faith. You know, he says that he's heard about he has heard about uh, their faith and, and he's with them. And so he's, and he's writing to encourage them. And then he's also writing to, um, to challenge them to a greater devotion to Christ, right? Because their church has been infiltrated by uh, people who are trying to teach a false doctrine that they need to live back under the law. And Paul's like, wait a minute, you didn't learn that. So, um, and so if you want to... Uh, now drop into chapter three, I will kind of give you a background on, on that. So let's, so he's, I'm just going to start with, because chapter three, our passage is eight through 11, but I want to give you Paul's complete thought, which starts at the beginning of the chapter. So he says, verse one, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Okay, so let's just stop right there. So Paul is kind of getting our mind focused, right? Set your, seek those things above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So what does that mean? Does that mean to like, it doesn't mean to lay in the grass and like think about what it's going to be like in heaven. No, he's saying, he's saying like right now, God has put people in your life and your path that you can minister to. So, you know, be thinking about worship, praising God, the, the souls of men, right? There's, there's a, a mindset that you have to be focused if you are going to be doing those things. And so that's kind of, he's leading us into uh, where we're going to be this morning. And so he's, and then, so verse five, he says, mortify therefore your members, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry. So he's saying, put to death these things. These things cannot be a part of you if you are focused on what God has for you to do, right? And so... And then uh, verse seven, he says, in which 
in which ye also walked some time when you were lived in them. So yeah, that was a part of you before, but now we're getting there. But now, um, you know, you have Christ. So you need to put to death those things, okay? So now our passage, verse eight. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Verse 9, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Verse 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Okay. So your key takeaway this morning is going to be the solution is Christ. Walk in the spirit and you shall not, shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right? So you remember when you were in uh, Sunday school and you didn't hear what the teacher said, but you just raised your hand and you said, Jesus, like, that's the answer to this one. <laughs> that's the solution is, um, is going to be Jesus and, uh, and to walk in the spirit. Can you go to the next? Thanks. All right. So point number one, trade in your fleshly members for the fruit of the spirit. So it's going to go, let's go back to verse eight. And we're just going to drill down a little bit on what this verse is saying. Paul says, but now ye also put off all these. Anger, which we know means to be very upset, right? So think about what made you upset when you were younger, right? In high school, what was it? Somebody step on your new kicks. Somebody step on your new all whites. No, you didn't, man. <laughs> you just stepped on my step on my brand new shoes. So we were angry back then, right? But now as adults, as believers, different things kind of make us, you know, press our press our buttons. Uh somebody cut you off in traffic and you're like, help me, Jesus, help me, Lord. Right? Or um for me, it's when my kids get hurt. I, I don't like for my kids to get hurt. And I think I got this from my mom. So it comes off as I'm mad at them, but I'm not mad at them. I'm just mad that they got hurt. <laughs> like, don't get hurt. Stop getting hurt. Right. So um, we took my daughter to, uh, to the hospital recently and she had to get a COVID test. So if you've ever had a COVID test or if you've seen it done, um, you know that they take a swab and they stick it uncomfortably high up your nose. And so my daughter is pleading with me, please don't make me get this done, please. Right? And uh, I'm like, oh, we have to, just so you can go back to school, right? And so uh, that is what makes me angry, is those things that we can't avoid, we have to do. But, uh, but this is but what I'm saying here is trade in your fleshly members for the fruit of the spirit, right? So. Although there are things that are going to be that are going to make us angry, we um, we have um, the the word which makes it clear that um, Ephesians four twenty six be angry and sin and sin not let the let not the sun go down on your wrath right that's what uh, Ephesians four twenty six says but instead of instead of anger um, you know the fruit of the spirit is joy so. You know, don't uh, you can go to the next one. Don't let the world steal your joy because it will, right? Um, 
if you have no control over your emotions, uh, like Proverbs 25, 28 says, he that hath no rule over his spirit, over his own spirit, is like a city that is broken down and without walls, right? So, um, and back to verse eight, wrath, which is to be extremely mad, um, malice is to want to hurt someone, right? We've all experienced that at, at times. Uh, but Romans 12, 19 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. No need to get revenge. God has your back this morning. Guys, I want to tell you that there are so many things in this day and age that people are taking their own uh, actions to get vengeance. They, they don't believe that this morning, and that's the, the lost world that needs to hear oops, uh, about Jesus. Because how many shootings have there been in just 2021 alone? Like, that's the world that we live in right now, is that people don't understand that the, the foundation or the, the fact that we have a God that sees all. And God says, I will repay, saith the Lord. So vengeance is mine. So we have to trust that and believe that, but not just for ourselves, to share that with people so that people who are hurting can understand that they can trust God, right? Okay. Um, can you go to the next slide? Okay. And so then, oh, here we go. So then verse, um, so wrath, and then back in verse eight, blasphemy. Um, so blasphemy, right, is like to curse God, like sacrilege. Um, but what you also hear in blasphemy, we're, uh, we're still in verse eight here, is um, when people say God's name in vain, like that's really common because they don't have, they don't really, they don't believe in Jesus. So they just say, Jesus, you know, at, out of just any time, right? And I was really proud of my wife. I didn't tell you this, but I was really proud of my wife. There's a, one of our neighbors, um, a little kid, he's like nine. You know, he was, he was mad and he was like, Jesus. You know, he just yelled it out. And, and Rachel was like, you know, we believe in Jesus over here. So I would appreciate if you didn't say Jesus' name in vain unless, you know, you're talking about Jesus. And you should have seen his face. He was like, <laughs> he was just like, um, okay. But, you know, like we need to be willing to stand up and say that. Like that's, that's blasphemy. We, you know, we're, that's, that's a serious offense. Um, and so then uh, filthy communication out of your mouth. That's the end of this, this verse here. And that really covers a multitude of, of things, right? Filthy communication we're, we're talking about music, videos, all kinds of, uh, you know, things that that covers. And think about the songs that you grew up jamming and listening to. Like, I was a really big Outkast fan. Um, and it was just some of the songs that I listened to in high school. But I have to be careful now because I have two little ones that are listening to every song that I play. They're like, play it, Dad, play it. Come on, we're, we're ready to hear whatever it is. And so, you know, I'll start it. And then I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> pause. <laughs> because I have to have a filter. I have to make sure that what I'm playing is something that they can repeat. Now, you know, if JJ goes to school and repeats what he's hearing at home, 
you know, we're going to get a phone call. Hey, Mr. Morgan, uh, I just want you to know JJ is out here. No, no, we can't have that. So I have to have a filter for my little ones and for me too, because we're going to get there. Ultimately, you know, it's really trash in, trash out, right? That's kind of how it works. I know that sounds really cheesy, but what you are letting in is what comes out um, a lot of times. And so uh, we want to make sure our words match our lifestyle. So the, the world is watching us, like whether you know it or not. And they know that you are a Christian. They should know you're a Christian. They're like, something different about that guy. I don't know what it is. Something different about him. Um, I'll tell you, a lot of you guys heard that I was trying to sell, am trying to sell my, my bread route. And there was a guy that was um, training with me for a long time. His name is Isaiah. And him and I had some conversations and he was telling me, mind you, Isaiah is not a believer. And he was telling me that, hey man, you know, I have a friend that's a, a Christian. And he was telling me about church and about God. And, but he does all the same things I do. He smokes, you know, girls and listens to the same music. So then when he was telling me about church, I said, why should I do that? Our lifestyles look exactly the same. So what I'm saying is that, you know, he represented the world and the world sees if you are living a double life or if you say one thing and you're doing the other, right? So our words have to match our lifestyle. We can't say, you know, hey, you should come to church. I mean, you should come to my Bible study and then let's get a drink. Well, wait a minute. Uh, those two don't go together. <laughs> um, and so not that you can't drink, I'm not, trying, not saying that, but uh, I'm just saying that our, my, our lifestyles need to match what we're saying, right? Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So we want to make sure that if we're trying to minister to people in our lives, that they're seeing uh, actions that match that. Uh, so... Verse nine says, lie not one to another. Yes, yeah, you can just go to that one, thank you. Um, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Okay, so I'm gonna get into that. Can you go to the next slide? Truth is a requirement for growth, right? So we're gonna grow in our walks as believers it requires us to be honest with where we're at, to read and study the word, and then for God to stretch us, right? And sometimes stretching and growth doesn't feel good, but it is, uh, truth is a requirement for growth. So can you go to the next slide? Um, <laughs> if you've seen this picture, I'm gonna explain what's going on right here. So Jimmy Kimmel is a late night TV show, and he has a segment that he has parents videotape their children as the day after Halloween, and they tell them that we ate all of your candy. <laughs> Lying is not okay, but this is the funniest <laughs> video uh, where there is just a compilation of little kids that are just sat down like, daddy and mommy ate all of your Snickers last night. And these kids are like, no. <laughs> 
So um, this is, I just had to put this in there, but it's, it's hilarious. But um, getting back to the verse, lie not one to another, Paul is talking about the brethren, right? The church. So if you look back in Colossians 1, um, verse, let's see, 3, says, um, nope, sorry, verse 2. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So God is talking, I mean, so Paul is talking to brothers and sisters in Christ, and he's saying, lie not one to another, right? We have to be, you can go to the next slide, thank you. We have to be honest with each other about our lives um, so that we can be accountable to one another, so we can grow deeper in our relationships, right? How does God feel about um, lying? Well, Proverbs 6, 16 and 17 says, These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. God hates lying. We should hate lying if God hates lying, right? Um, uh, you can go to the next slide. Thank you. So, one of the things that comes from being honest with one another and and uh, being accountable to one another is that those relationships grow deeper, right? So, we are able to comfort one another, um, just like Paul says here, Romans one eleven and twelve. He says, "For I long to see you, that I may impart some spiritual gift." To the end you may be established, that is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. See, Paul is like, man, I can't wait to hang out with you, even though this was a long time ago. It's the same deal. You know, we, we get together for uh, Bible studies, and it's, it's a joy to be around uh, each other. I think um, thinking back to when Van was the last time we got together, we did like this chicken and fish get together. The guys over there are like, mm-hmm, that was good. It was a good time of fellowship and just being able to hang out with each other um, because it's comforting. It's refreshing. Uh, Romans 15, 32 says that I, may, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed, right? And it's refreshing. Um, but not just that, okay? So each of us have, right, our own battles and struggles and things that we're going through. So if, uh, if James is like, hey, Justin, man, how's it going? And I'm like, eh, it's going good, you know, no changes here. But I'm really struggling with something. Like, how can James pray for me if he doesn't know, if I'm not going to be honest with him and say, well, man, I'm, I'm really struggling. Uh, I, I'm doing this, or I can't think of anything right now, but we, we have to be honest with each other. And that's why he's saying, lie not one to another, right? I think that's a Colossians 1. Okay, so back to the verse. Um, you can go to the next slide. Okay, thanks. So then, living in renewed knowledge. So this is verse 10. He says, and put on, have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him, that created him. So this is where I get really excited because, you know, now we're talking about really the whole focus of this chapter. We can't be 
living our lives in our own power because, can you go to the next slide? Um, we have to really focus on the image that it's talking about here. And so who is that image? That image is Jesus. Uh, so I'm going to read uh, a passage here in Colossians 1, and it's really going to be through um, 18 if you're following along on Zoom. It says, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that are in all things, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So that word preeminence means like superiority. Christ is superior in all things. So that's the reason that going back to that verse three, we're created in that image. And we are being conformed to that image. So we're putting on the new man. So I think a lot of times it, it kind of escapes us or in our daily walks, whenever we are mad that someone cut us off in traffic, we forget, you know, that we have Christ in us and that Christ is victorious in everything. And so that that kind of perspective allows us to see the bigger picture. And then all of a sudden, then the fruits of the spirit are like, oh, yeah, OK, I can be patient. I can be OK. And so that that allows us to kind of go there. Um, can you go to the next slide? Ah, this picture. <laughs> so what you are looking at right now is a picture of my son who just finished <laughs> youth soccer. And he is five years old and he is laying on the ground um, when he should be uh, up with his teammates. <laughs> so he is tired at this point because he has ran himself all his energy out. And instead of telling the coach, hey, coach, take me out. I need some water. He would rather lay down <laughs> on the court. And I'm like trying to, as a parent, and not yell, Jack, get up, get up, right? <laughs> and I know you're saying, Justin, what does this have to do with what you're talking about? Our Christian walks sometimes look like this because we are trying so hard in our own flesh to do the things that God says that, hey, I can help you out. You know, I have that. I have everything you need if you just tap into that, right? And so we got JJ up and we got him some water and he was able to run around again, okay? Um, can you go to the next slide? This. <laughs> this is going to stay in my memory for at least another year uh, because I'm going to think about this camping trip that Rachel and I took which, guys, if you have not been camping, don't. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so this mattress also represents our Christian walk sometimes. So here's the story. Rachel and I took the family camping, and uh, we had a great time. We were out down in Lucene, and we did some fishing, and we hung out with uh, family members, and it was a good time until we had to go to bed where the air pump that we brought to air up our mattresses worked for about two minutes and then started making this weird sound and was like, Ooh. 
I was like, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> it's not working. And we're like an hour from home, so we're not, we don't have any other device. So we did what you are, think that we did. We were blowing this up, this air mattress. You don't know how little breath you have until you, <laughs> until you are trying to use it to blow up an air mattress. You have kids there and daddy, I'm tired. And you just like, okay, I'm trying to blow this up, right? You have all the motivation to, to blow this thing up. And so guys, the same thing. We aren't designed as believers to go through this life in our own power. There's an air pump that this thing was supposed to have that would just air this thing up in like 90 seconds or something, right? And it would stay, well, we would hope it would stay inflated. Mine deflated by the end of the night. And I was just like, why, right? But, uh, but it was still a fun trip. But guys, as believers, we need to walk in the spirit that way we can accomplish the things that god has for us to do because we're not out here just to be chilling and there's work to do um i love last tuesday night james was saying that you know there is room at the plow if you were here at midtown and there's work to be done get plugged in um can you go to the next one so be of, be in the world but not of the world Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God, uh, God has called us to be here and to minister to the people that are around us. But just like Isaiah said, you know, if we are running on empty, our strength is low, then there's not going to be much for us to give, right? If we're, um, if that's where we're at. Can you go to the next slide? So Christ is our identity. This is verse 11, where, and I'm just going to read this. It says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. See, so as believers, we are all united. Um, you go to the next one. As yeah, believers in Christ. Okay, so Ephesians 4 4 says there's one body and one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and in you all. There are movements that are going on right now that are trying to tell us that your belief in Christ is not enough. Or that even if you do believe in Christ, you know what? Uh, you're not of this sect, so it, it doesn't apply to you. Guys, this verse is so powerful. Uh, this verse 11, where he's, he's talking about there's nothing but Christ. If you believe in Christ, you, you no longer identify as only as uh, black or Mexican or Democrat, Republican, those things I understand. We we are living here. We're part of you know this country, and I'm not saying I'm against politics. I'm just saying that Christ trumps all of that stuff, and so that our minds have to be focused on 
right? On what above, like set your affection above. So um, it's First Timothy 2.4. Right now we're going through uh, Timothy in, um, at the Bible study. So if you're not in one of the Bible studies, I definitely encourage you to be. First um, Timothy 2.4, you know, is God's goal for us, um, in which it's really three and four. Um, I should have put on there, but I'm going to pull that up right now. He says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. So he has a, a goal for us to reach all men. And we can't do that if we're not plugged in, if we're not walking in the spirit. And so um, as I close this morning, I, I really just wanted to share this with you guys um, that there's there's a battle going on right now. And I, I think that, you know, God shows you things for a reason. And so as I'm learning this, I was I was, you know, couldn't help but think about my own personal battle. And so I'm just going to let you guys in on what I'm kind of dealing with. There's a there's a group that is called the IUIC, Israel United in Christ. And, um, and so my mom, who has always been a pillar of faith for me, is kind of being swept away by this doctrine. And what was funny at first is now heartbreaking. And this, uh, this passage, God is so good that, you know, as I'm reading, reading this and studying this, um, I realized that I'm a person that I like to keep things a little private and I'll share some things that I, oh, I trust you, I'll share with you. But I need your prayers because my mom's soul is at stake. You know, she believed the same doctrine all, all her life, but now because she feels this way about the things that are being uh, happening to, you know, black people, which I understand there's, there's definitely a valid point in that where the things going on with police. And so she identifies with this issue and she says, well, so, somehow she gets to the point that she believes that she is one of the 12 tribes and that only the 12 tribes are going to be in heaven. And as I'm breaking this down in Ephesians and in Galatians, I'm trying to show her this, but guys, we, we need to be praying. And this is why we have to be equipped. Sam always says, let's get equipped and full of faith because there's going to be a battle in your lives if there's not already that we're going to be needing to be prepared for. And so, man, I, um, I'm thankful for the opportunity to get up here, and um, and I know we're going to finish a little early this morning, so maybe we can have some time of prayer or fellowship. But um, you know, I'm going to pray us out, and I just want to end on that note that we are united as believers, and so um, man, we should <clears throat> we should pray for one another, uh, the things that are going on. So uh, I'm going to pray and close us out, and then um, and then we'll be done for today. God, I do thank you for your word. I thank you for um, this opportunity. And Lord, I pray that these things would resonate um, with us, that we would trust to 
to share the deep things that we might be going through or struggling that, um, you know, for me especially, tends to be difficult to share. Um, but God, that's what you created the body for. We are your hands and feet, and uh, God, you respond to our prayers. Um, I pray that um, my mom would understand that uh, there is no difference, uh, like the verse in verse 11 says, uh, but Christ is all and in all, and he has the preeminence in everything. And so, Lord, be glorified. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.